With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, we want to get people to third down and, and see if we can activate a rush and, and tie the coverage into it, whether we're sending pressure or not. It's a matter of wanting to get to those downs, and, and I thought we could have done a better job the last time we played them of doing that. But it's with how they run the ball and, and, and Daniel being a factor in the run game, uh, they can be a real challenge uh, to defend, and they do a great job, a job with the scheme, you know, Mike calling it, and, and obviously uh, Dave's running the whole show. So it's going to be a challenge for our defense. They've got to show up, and the expectation is they'll play well. The expectation the expect- is they'll play well. The expectation is we're going to lay a big, fat egg, just like we did against <laughs> the Cowboys and Packers. And if they don't meet that expectation, can I can I pull the curtain back on Mackie and Judd here for a second? Yeah. Our executive producer, Declan, has done a great job of pulling the reins back on Judd and me because we love to talk offseason. We love to speculate. We love We love the lead-up to, like, March and the draft. But the Vikings are heading into the playoffs, so we don't want to look too far ahead because, hey, one game at a time, right? Got to keep that focus. I just want you guys to know, old Macadac spent a couple hours deep diving into seven defensive coordinator replacements if and when Ed Donatel gets fired, multiple with close ties to Kevin O'Connell. So I'm not going to do that list. We rank things every Tuesday. It's a different list today. It's Judd's list today. But the minute that this defense lays an egg in the playoffs, if that happens, I've got you guys covered with seven defensive coordinator replacement ideas. It's unbelievable. It's it's all about you know having the bullets in the chamber, right? Gotta gotta have gotta have your bullets in the chamber. They're about to play up, play up. But, there, but, there's, De- but Declan has been telling us, don't yeah. do that stuff the, yet, the, you guys. This is, the, the, this, we're celebrating that, yeah. a playoff run here. There is yep. a primary. Don't be speculating yeah. on people getting fired yet. There is a I primary so. weapon, and the rocket launcher is not the primary method you should be uh, using right now for, for anyone who plays Call of Duty or Halo. Like, you Do not bust out the rocket launcher in, in this map. This is not the time to use the rocket launcher yet. Yet, but okay. the second the season's done, yes. bang, a then rocket boom. launcher. Goes. If, if Donahue Give gives up games. thirty-eight <laughs> points to the Giants in a home playoff loss, then th- we're going to do an emergency episode with this exact list Give the second that games. happens. Um, but so before the season, I think it was Old Macadac that ranked the ten best Vikings players, or maybe it was like the twenty best Vikings players or something. Yep. And uh, we had a big debate, and there was some controversy. Now it's time for Judd on Pecking Order Tuesday here to rank the current 10 best available Vikings players heading into the playoffs. Available, available being the key word, because like yeah. Brian O'Neill is not available. 
Correct. Okay. Garrett Bradbury, I'm assuming until proven otherwise, is not as well. Okay. So I'm just going with I'm going with guys that, as far as I know, are going to play okay. on Sunday against the New York Football Giants, aka Big Blue. Not to be confused with the Jets, who are gang green. All right. Okay. I'll start at ten and work my way up. At number ten, defensive end, defensive tackle in the real world, but in the three-four scheme run by the great Donashell, he's a defensive end. Dalvin Tomlinson. 28 years old, um, 16th out of 126 interior defensive linemen per PFF. Not a star player by any means, but I think he's solid. Dalvin Tomlinson is number 10. Just kind of a, a rock-solid, nondescript in a in a good way. Just a, a good, solid player to have in the trenches for your defense. Did you see the amazing clip? as you lay these out. Vikings have good defensive players. That Harrison Phillips yesterday in the locker room was basically talking about there's this new playoff Dalvin, and he was talking about Dalvin Tomlinson, not Dalvin Cook, that we're going to see on uh, on Sunday against the Giants. Playoff Dalvin. Let's get interesting. it. Let's get it. Speaking of, it will be interesting to see if Dalvin Cook makes this list. I will continue to go down to number nine. Zadarius Smith, at the age of 30, is number nine. He got off to a fantastic start. Keep in mind, about seven weeks in, eight weeks in, we were talking about this guy as the potential DPOY in the National yeah. Football League. He was tied, I think, at his zenith for the league lead in, in sacks. Hurt his knee, dropped significantly. 33. I don't know if he's going to be back in 2023, but he is a guy who definitely, at least for a period of time, stepped in and did a fantastic job. Uh, when, when he was playing well, too, what I sort of liked about him was he was sort of the uh, character slash heartbeat of the defense as well because he's a gregarious dude. Uh, so I, I think he brought a lot to the room. But Zadarius Smith would definitely be higher than nine going into the playoffs if he had completed the season that he started. He really didn't. Uh, hopefully the game off against the Bears will help his cause. But he is number nine on this list, and there's no question if the Vikings are going to make a playoff run, he needs to at least sort of get back to replicating yeah. what we saw in the first portion of the season. Yeah. Zedarius Smith. Gregarious Zedarius. He was gregarious. Get He's back on track. Gregarious. But, I mean, you could tell he dropped. Like, Zedarius like, is gregarious. And the Vikings lead hand to seven. I sort of like that. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, I think this is, for, for a snapshot right now, this is fair. He was great the first half of the season, like you said. He has one sack in the last two months. Yeah. And and maybe resting in week 18 will just kind of building in that extra bye week for a guy like him. Yep. Maybe that helps. But, like, if if he's playing at the level that he was, the nine is way too low. But, yeah, yeah, this this might even be – he has not been good really at all the last few weeks. I know. That's why I was very – you're giving him credit for what he could still be. Yeah. So, yeah. And and this list, too – it delves into the world of, I think, guys in the playoffs who are going to have to be good. So, like, Darius Smith might not be the same player that he was in the first eight games, but he's got to be close. Like, yeah. like he, can't, he can't be, if the Vikings are actually going to make a playoff run to, dare I say it, before we die a Super Bowl and win said Super Bowl, Darius Smith has to be a factor. Yes. Yeah, so you need to. You this need is to... importance, too. 
your passing game has to be on point, and then yep. your defense altering the opposing team's passing game has to be on point, and he's one of the two or three most important factors in that. Number eight, another guy who um, who is not what he once was is still incredibly important and, and got the game off against the Bears and is going to need to be very good. At the age of 33, come on down, Harrison Smith. Hey. Now, he was... Hitman was ranked 34th out of 89 eligible safeties. So, like, he definitely is not what he was. But I think he could still be effective. He had, what, a handful or just below a handful of uh, picks on the season? Definitely made some big plays. And he controls that defense from the back end. Harrison Smith is eight because his his importance goes beyond grades and statistics. Um, he brings to you a credibility and sort of a captain presence that is absolutely imperative. So Harrison's yep. yep. He also adds to the collective pile of Harrison's, Delvin's, and Smith's on the Vikings roster. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, he's still, I think, don't, <laughs> don't confuse not as good as he was a couple years ago with not good anymore, right? Correct. Not Not that you are. But, you know, naturally, he's not as good as he was when he was 26 or 28 years old. But he's still very good. And him getting an extra sort of built-in bye week in week 18 is going to help him probably be a little fresher for this playoff stretch. And don't you think a guy like there's there's like five or six dudes on this team, a lot of them on defense, by the way, that would love, they can see the end of their career, and they would love to do a little extra something special, a little extra prep work here, knowing that they might not have a chance quite like this again, right? Harry seems like that type of dude. About four hours of extra film study, boom, breaks up a play in the backfield, picks off a pass or something. I feel like we're getting dangerously close to basically singing the lyrics of I'm not as good as I once was by Toby Keith with a lot of these players because that's what it sounds a lot like we're doing. But I'm as good once as I I ever was. was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Are you a big Toby Keith fan? No. No, I'm not. But then, you know what? That sounds fantastic. Not as good as not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That's yeah. all we need for That's one all you month need from once. some of these exactly. guys. Exactly. Yep. Four games. All right, number seven on the list. This is the shocker, and it might be low. Duke Shelley. <laughs> yes. At, at the age of 26, he is right now out of qualified quarterbacks. Above the hit seven. Man. He's a seventh out of 122. How do you explain it? And he's I don't third know in coverage. Third in coverage. Yeah. I don't know if it's lightning in a bottle, if this is an unlocked Duke of Shelley. Um, I will say this, because I, I did some work last night as I put together this list to see his background a little bit. Um, he definitely, so before the Bears drafted him in the sixth round and parked him at the nickel corner, he had been an outside guy and I think was pretty was pretty open about saying, I'm more comfortable outside, not inside and the nickel i'll go back to this is a special position it's not a cornerback position duke shelley perhaps the vikings just said okay dude let's see what you can do on the outside playing corner guys got hurt he's been fantastic but yes i think it's very fair and it might be slightly low to put him seventh on as a a few people because we had that conversation about how like he's just he's really undersized to be an outside cornerback but you know antoine winfield played a lot of outside cornerback in his career, right? He played yep. some in the slot, but mostly outside cornerback Yep. at 5'9". He wasn't a lockdown cover guy. He was a good cover guy and an elite tackler and and run stopper. Yep. But um, I think the question here is, are we just witnessing this crazy like six-week stretch from Duke Shelley, or did they find 
a top end starter here just off the scrap heap. It would seem ring odd of honor. that they did, but Ring of Honor. I'll probably be dead, but Duke Shelley, Ring of Honor, baby. He's among the league leaders in pass breakups, having played like a third of the snaps of the guys that he's tied with. So yeah. incredible dude. Oh, whoa. What do you got? Sorry, we have breaking twins news. Did they get him? The twins got Correa. Oh my god, they did. <laughs> oh man. You're okay, kidding. hey, on-air production meeting real quick. Dex, can you reach out to Randy in Cottage Grove mm-hmm. and tell him that we need to talk to him later this week because once we're done with Judd's pecking order, we'll, we'll have to jump on and do a little uh, yeah. Twins Correa. It's it's six years, $200 million. Old Macadac was roisty clowned me. I said it'll be a I short-term know. contract. It is. Anyways, let's finish your pecking order and then I'm we'll shake. Uh, I'm shaking talk some Correa. I'm shaking. <laughs> All right, number six on my list, another um, acquisition that came late, in fact, in the season, tight end TJ Hawkinson. He is 16th out of 75 tight ends, according to PFF. He's 25. And again, I will say this. I think the Vikings won some games because of his presence that they don't win if they don't make that trade. Hmm. TJ Hawkinson has become... now. The question of how much he should be used exactly and in what role is probably a fair question, but there's no minimizing the importance of him. And so he is number six on my list. Yeah. The Hawk, man. He, I'm, I'm really curious, like going forward, is there another level? Is there some sort of like tier one version of TJ Hawkinson? Because sometimes you, he's kind of getting to the age where a lot of tight ends take four or five years and then they explode. Yep. And he's kind of getting into that point. He's still pretty young. Yep. Is there another level? And even if there's not, like he's just a really good sort of B plus tight end that you're probably going to sign to a contract extension through his prime. So lo- still love the acquisition. All right, now we go to the top five. Number five is a guy who has uh, is long in the tooth, but has had a great year. Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Now he he grades uh, slightly behind the Duke of Shelley. He is ninth out of the 122 eligible quarterbacks per PFF. But that being said, he's played all year. He's been fantastic. He, again, is a culture guy, too. He's been absolutely uh, key, not only on the field, but in the room as well. Patrick Peterson is five because he has brought, I think, a ton to this team. And I think he brought some of that last year. But I really sense that he's been more comfortable. And his impact overall has been huge this season. Yeah. And I think... They've gotten more out of him than I would have expected. He, and he's been better. It's funny. You think, oh, Mike Zimmer is going to be the one that gets the most out of Patrick Peterson. And he was good under Mike Zimmer. But who would have thought? Here's the weird thing. Because you're you're listening to, and you haven't even gotten to the top four yet. But And I know there's at least another defensive player on here, if not two. You got Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley. You got Zadarius Smith. There's for sure another edge rusher where I'm sure we're going to get to. How are they 31st in yards? This collection of parts, like even PFF is grading a lot. PFF says the individual performances are among the best. It's like fourth if you you just look at the individual performances. And that's kind of what PFF does. They aren't looking at the totality of like the yards given up or the scheme. They're giving you grades, what players are being asked to do within the scheme. And the Vikings grade very, very highly defensively. Is that just a huge indictment? I mean, you got Patrick Peterson... Playing at a super high level. Duke Shelley, you can see it with your eyes. Zadarius Smith, Neil Hunter. It's an, indict- it's an indictment. And they can't stop defenses. It's got to, it's, so it's more scheme, right? Yes. Yeah, I think the scheme's a problem. And that's why it, and that's why when O'Connell insists that Donatel makes adjustments, it I think it goes uptick. 
for a game. But then they always come back to, but the system works. Yeah. All right, we are now to the top four, and you are correct. The next uh, guy is indeed edge rusher Daniil Hunter. He's 28. Uh, on on Sunday against the Bears, he was just fantastic. Uh, Daniil Hunter, it's so weird because statistically, he comes away with a good year. Uh, he remains at times impressive to watch, but there have been games where you're like, where is he? Like, why is he not being used more? Why is he not being used more wisely? So Daniil Hunter, to be very clear, remains a very good player. I think if there is one or two guys who the scheme has directly affected adversely, he's atop that list. He remains a very good player. He's number four on the list. Yeah, he is. It's 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 very reassuring that he just played the games, right? The fact that he came oh, back yes. and it's there's always going to be this what if. Yeah, it was a, it was a good productive season. I think his to, to your point, his productivity probably didn't show up as much in the sack totals, but his pressures were among the league leaders this season. And you know, just moving quarterbacks off of spots can be effective. But there's always going to be this what if factor that this dude basically missed like almost two full years, smack dab in the prime of a career yeah. that started the first five years as one of the best five or six year runs sack wise to start a young career. Right? Wasn't he like? most sacks before age 25 or something yep. of any player. I think that's correct. And now he's, I mean, he was a surefire Hall of Fame trajectory, and now he's kind of just trying to work his way back into being one of the best edge rushers in the league. So, And we don't even know what his Vikings future holds. He has this weird contract now that probably needs to be redone again going into March. So we'll see. Number three on the list. This was a little bit difficult to put him three, but I think positionally it it makes a little bit of sense. Left tackle Christian Derrissaw, who was yeah. absolutely outstanding. Uh, he was, his 90.3 grade put him second out of 81 tackles. He's 23. Um, he did miss time because of a concussion, but when he played, for the most part, outstanding. Christian Derrissaw should be, hopefully, knock on wood, Yes. Essentially, a ten-year answer at one of the at one of the positions. If you have a right-handed quarterback that you need to find an answer at, he's third. And there's certain positions that you can't just some of the some of the positions the Vikings are going to wind up aging out or or just sort of phasing out. You can find those later in the draft or through free agency. You can find effective linebackers. You can find, you know, you can find a guard if you need to if you decide that like. Ed Ingram's not the guy. You can find a center if Gary Bradbury. I'm not saying easily because the Vikings have had troubles with some of these. Yes. You can't just find a left tackle in the fifth round or free agency if you don't have a ton of cap space. You need to nail one in the first round generally, and they did. So no matter what happens in the next month, offseason, you've got your franchise left tackle. you got your franchise wide receiver. you got some interesting pieces in your secondary that are young and effective, so... Some 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 good pillars to have here, and Derrissaw is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of important pillars for the Vikings. Number two on the list is the guy I considered putting three, but because of his position, I put him second, Kirk Cousins. Um, 34, absolutely a solid year. Eight fourth-quarter comeback wins. Um, the architect, in large ways, in 11 one-score wins, a league record. Kirk Cousins delivered on a lot of things that I questioned. And I don't. I didn't go into the season necessarily thinking he could do. And thanks to him and O'Connell, he did. That's impressive. Going into the playoffs, I put Kirk Cousins second on this list. 
Yeah. And that leaves the obvious number one. This is no fun. The guy who has emerged at the end of the season as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, K.J. Osborne. Oh, no, Thielen, of course. He's from here. (laughs) That's what I heard. Uh, Justin Jefferson will just pay the man. He will get paid. Uh, you, You will still have two years left on his rookie contract, which is great. But Justin Jefferson... It's interesting, you know, in the summertime, he told somebody that his goal by the end of the season was to be considered the best receiver in the league. Um, At that point, he admitted Devontae Adams was better, but he said, my goal by the end is to be considered the best. And I think there's a very good argument to be made right now that he is the best. He has delivered on essentially everything. He has been fantastic. He's made catches. He has no business making. He draws attention, which should continue to help him on Sunday against the Giants. There is no underselling what Justin Jefferson's impact means uh, to this team and the offense, and so Justin Jefferson's number one. So there it is, Judd's 10 best current available Vikings. Jefferson, number one. Cousins, number two. Derrissaw, number three. Daniil Hunter, number four. Patrick Peterson, five. TJ Hawkinson, six. Duke Shelley, seven. Duke Shelley, seven? Duke, I know. It makes no sense. What I love about sports. Harry the Hitman eight, Zadarius the Gregarious at nine, and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is ten. I'm trying to think, I this is pretty solid, man. Dalvin got yeah. left off. I left Cook off. I that's just fair. don't see. I didn't see a path. I tried and I didn't see a path. He did not have a great year. Yeah, I might actually make a case for special teams ace Josh Metellus, who's blocked a couple punts, but was a captain on Sunday. Solid. He was a captain. Teammates Got promoted to a captain. Mm-hmm. Declan might stump for Greg Joseph to be in here at tenth. Uh, he's on another list of mine. <laughs> it's a cause for concern list. <laughs> uh, if you have cause for concern inside your home, Finch Home Solutions is here to help you. That's a great call because guess what? You know what? Home electronic repairs—they are not DIY. They are not. There's a lot of things that you guys can do, and I get that, and that's great. But you know, if, if you've got—I don't know flickering lights or need electronical work uh, to get a kitchen enhancement, or let's say a hot tub. Guess what? Finch Home Solutions has your problems covered. And the key here is don't wait until something goes wrong. It's too late then. That's scary. Be proactive and call Finch. They are actually right now offering a free home safety inspection to all of our listeners and viewers. And be sure to tell them that you heard about Finch on Score North. There are special deals available too for you. Visit FinchHomeSolutions.com, or you can call them, 612-357-2604, 612-357-2604, FinchHomeSolutions.com. Cody and his crew can solve all of those problems for you with electrical issues. Boom. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us here on, on Mackie and Judd. We like to rank things, and we appreciate you uh, coming along with us. Over on Purple Daily, we do a deep dive into why the Vikings can indeed win the Super Bowl in this next five or six weeks or so. So check that out. And I'm guessing we're going to hit you with an emergency Carlos Correa $200 million Twins contract episode here too. So we'll see you guys. Mackie and Judd.